This message has been brought to you by Andrew Graves at Heart of the Father Ministry, Winter Haven. The Holy Spirit is here this morning. I just want to encourage you. I, I believe that even as the service is, uh, is going to continue, even as the worship is going to continue as we look at uh, the Word this morning, that uh, because the Holy Spirit is here, I believe it that there are maybe people that just will get healed even partway through the service. The Holy Spirit is, is here and is moving, and um, we just need to continue. Even though we've moved from singing um, or praying over people, we still need to be engaging um, with the Holy Spirit. We, we still need to be, uh, don't get into the, the mindset of you sit down, so now you're just listening. Okay, we're still engaging with the Holy Spirit. And I think that's why um, when you look at the, the format of the early church, we, there's no rules and regulations, but it's obvious that throughout that service, everybody was participating. And so that's because everyone was continuing to engage with the Holy Spirit. And at any point, the Holy Spirit may give you a word this morning, or it may come upon you and heal you. And I just encourage you, if that happens, um, come to the front, okay? We'll make a place for, for that. Because we've, we've continued to say this, um, but this is not about Derek or Ray or me. This is about the ministry of the Holy Ghost. God speaks in different ways. How, how, how many can tell me some different ways in which God speaks? I know we've got at least one person this morning that hasn't, uh, is new here and perhaps hasn't been in church before. So, what different ways does God speak to us? Through His Word. Okay, yes, this is the primary way that God speaks. So, this is, the, this is what keeps everything else in check, right? Because there's many other ways that God speaks. But this is how we keep uh, from getting off. Um, preaching? Mm -hmm. Creation? Yeah. Yeah, the natural world around us, God speaks. Dreams? Yep. Holy Spirit, right. And there's a multitude of ways that the Holy Spirit speaks, right? Through others? Yep. Dreams and visions? There it says prophecy, yeah. There's, so there's music. There's many different ways through songs, yeah. Yeah. So you hit everything on my list. Except one. <laughs> circumstances. Even the circumstances of our lives, right? There's things happening. God orchestrates that where we know that's God speaking. So, a multitude of ways that God speaks to us. And I'm trying to flow in the, spirit, in the, in the direction that the Spirit has been moving us. So, Friday night we were here um, for prayer, and I was encouraged. There was, uh, I, I hardly ever count, but I counted on Friday night because uh, I don't think we're supposed to count. But it was encouraging. There was 27 here on Friday night. And so, that, that was encouraging. Um, and Derek got up, and I'd like Derek just to get up and if he can remember um, what he ministered on Friday as far as dreams, because we're going to look at dreams this morning.
Yeah, Friday night as we were um, praying, I really felt like that the Lord was inviting our body into dreams and visions, and specifically the dream realm has been under attack. And I asked those in the room who could testify to that, and I think almost everybody with the exception of maybe a few uh, that night that said that they had not only having dreams, but they, there was also some attack in the dreams, demonic dreams. And, and I really felt like that the Lord wanted to take us into a season of godly dreams and godly visions. And um, the Lord's really been speaking to me all week out of Joel 2 and uh, Acts 2, where the promise is that the outpouring of the Holy Spirit as a result of that, what, young men would have dreams, old men would have visions, and it's essentially all old men, women, young children, old, right, middle age, all groups through the Holy Spirit, we have the ability to hear from God and Him speaking through dreams and visions to us. And I believe it's a sign of the Holy Spirit at work within our body. And I know that several in here do have dreams, but I believe the Lord wants to increase that uh, in our body and really teach us about the dream realm. And, uh, you know, it was interesting, Andrew Andrew's been faithful to warn us over the past two or three years about what we watch and what we listen to. And I really felt like that was a connection to our dream realm. Not in every instance, but a lot of times what we watch or what we listen to affects our dream realm. Amen? It can invite demonic activity into what we're dreaming and into what we're seeing vision-wise. And so we need to really put our focus on Jesus and allow the Holy Spirit to minister through us. And so I really believe that the Lord is speaking very clearly to our body, and He's going to do that even more in the days ahead through dreams and through visions. Uh, and But we've got to work through what does that look like, what are dreams, what are visions, How? what is the difference between the dreams of the flesh, of the demonic, versus dreams of the spirit. We can have a fleshly dream that seems like a positive dream, but it is just that of the flesh, right, of the natural man versus of the spirit. And so I believe these are things that the Lord wants to, to teach us and lead us into. And, um, and so Andrew's going to take us into that. So I feel like it's just kind of laying a platform today. Um, again, it, on any given Sunday, it's there are people from all kinds of different levels of experience in their relationship with God. Um, you know, oftentimes we have new people come in and the, we've had people that don't know the Lord all the way up to people that have been walking for 50, 60 years with the Lord. And so there's a, a wide variety of experience with the Lord. And so I, this morning, I'm not, I don't think, I'm, again, I'm not sure where I'm going with this. Okay, I've been wrestling with it, and, and I believe God's been, you know, downloading things, giving me things. Um, but I feel like it's more like laying a platform for this this morning rather than getting into the details of, of what it may, And we may do that at a, a later date. Um, dreams are, and I've never, never spoken or taught on, on dreams before, so this is kind of a, a new area as, as far as me sharing goes. And one of the things with dreams is it's a metaphysical area, right? Um, if we're talking about some of the things we've talked about, um, some of the practical things like, um, you know, we're, we're not too far off getting into Paul talking about not lying in Ephesians. And, and that's a much more practical thing, right? 
I mean, that's things that we can actually, we've said and done that we shouldn't have said and done and why we shouldn't say and do them. And that's much easier to grasp a hold of than the dream realm because the dream realm is a metaphysical realm. It's beyond the physical. And so I just want to, again, like I said, lay a platform for this this morning. Um, it's an area that is, I don't think we're ever going to be able to fully understand. But as you look through Scripture... The Old Testament in particular, it's filled with people having dreams. And these are not dreams like Derek was saying, you know, there's different levels of dreams. There are dreams that are just kind of natural dreams, dreams that are, arise out of things that we've watched or done or experiences, and they can still be a little strange. Um, but there's a different quality about the dreams that we're talking of, and especially when we talk about the dreams that are shared in Scripture. And so, I'll just run through some of those. Abimelech, so Abimelech was a king, and Abraham was staying there, and Abimelech was going to sleep with Sarah, Abraham's wife, because Abraham had said she was his sister, because he didn't want to be killed because she was so beautiful. He was scared he was going to get killed so somebody else would take her as his wife. And so, he shared that he was, she was his sister, and Abimelech was like, okay, then I'm going to sleep with her um, because she was so beautiful. And Abimelech had a dream in the night, and God spoke to him and said, don't touch this woman, because this is Abraham's wife. Then Jacob, Jacob had a couple of different dreams. Jacob was running away from Esau, and he laid down to sleep, and he had a dream where he saw a ladder stretching up from heaven to earth, and angels ascending and descending on it. And when he woke up, he named that place Bethel, and he said, surely the Lord was in this place. You can tell there's a different quality to these dreams, right? There's a reality to these dreams. He had another dream when he was with, um, working for Laban. Um, he had to work for his wife seven years so that he could marry her. So, he, he, I mean, you know the, the story, or, or most of you know the story. So, he, he worked seven years to marry Rachel, and he gets tricked and ends up marrying Leah and then has to work another seven years for 14. How would you like to work 14 years before you could get married <laughs> to your wife? But in that dream, it, Laban, see, Laban's been cheating Jacob, which is ironic, really, because Jacob's name means deceitful, and Jacob had been cheating. So, sometimes things come back around, right? Uh, but God saw that Laban had been cheating Jacob, and Jacob had a dream, um, and God gave him um, the means of uh, overcoming um, Jacob's de uh, Laban's deception with Jacob. Laban has a dream. Okay, so Jacob eventually works those years and, and prospers, and then decides that Laban is never going to let him go, and so he leaves, taking his wives and all of his property with him. And Laban starts to pursue him to take, him, take over him. And Laban has a dream. And in the dream, God warned Laban about bothering Jacob. Uh, most of you are familiar with Joseph's dream, right? Joseph dreams, actually two dreams. And he, he dreams, first of all, he sees um, the sun and the moon, and the stars, and the stars 
bow down to now look at that my memory's it's fading away just when i need it the stars bowed down anyway in the dream it was it was obvious that the the his um the, the stars and the sun and the moon the sun and the moon were his parents and the stars were his brothers and they bowed down to him and then he had another dream a similar dream and they understood that Jacob, that uh, Joseph was saying that one day not only his brothers but actually his parents as well which again in that culture that would go completely against the culture that your parents would would bow down to you and so it was an outrageous uh, dream to have um, and even in Joseph's life you see Joseph's life is a life of dreams right because when he's in prison so he gets his brothers sell him into slavery. He ends up going into Egypt, and he goes from one situation to another, ends up in prison through no fault of his own. And, the, and there's two people in prison that have a dream, a baker and the wine taster for the Pharaoh had been put in prison, and they both had dreams, and Jacob interpreted those dreams and interpreted, interpreted them accurately. And those things happened. And when the wine taster got restored he forgot to tell pharaoh until pharaoh had a dream and pharaoh had a dream that nobody could interpret and the wine tester remembered oh there's a man in prison who interprets dreams and so they got joseph and joseph interpreted it accurately and not only interpreted the dream but again this was the reality it was what was coming and because of that joseph was put in charge and actually managed that whole situation through the famine, um, through the time of plenty, and then through the famine, so that Egypt always had enough there during that time. Um, in the time of Gideon, Gideon was surrounded by the Midianites, and they went out one night, and they could hear the Midianites talking to each other, and one Midianite had had a dream of a loaf of bread that came tumbling into the camp and destroyed the camp. And the other person he was telling the dream said, this is surely Gideon. And it means that they are going to overcome us. And they um, packed up everything and ran away because of that dream. Solomon had the dream where God, he, he's, he had God speaking to him in the dream. God said, what if, if I give you one thing, what would you like? And Solomon chose wisdom. But again, this was in the dream. Nebuchadnezzar had a dream. And again, all of the soothsayers, all of the uh, magicians, all of the, the people. So we're going to get into this a little bit more in terms of the metaphysical, okay? But there's a reality that's going on in this. And none of those other people that were operating in the metaphysical were able to answer Nebuchadnezzar's dream. Only Daniel was able to accurately interpret Nebuchadnezzar's dream. And then when we come into the New Testament, we see even with the birth of jo Jesus, Joseph had a dream. And in that dream, God revealed to him that this uh, supernatural birth that Mary was having was of, of him. And that Joseph was to marry Mary. And after that, when Herod was chasing them, he had another dream. And in that dream... He's, he, he's, uh, God told them, it's not safe for you here. You need to go take the child and go to Egypt. And then lastly, um, 
Pilate is about to pass judgment on Jesus, and Pilate's wife has a terrifying dream in the night, and she says to Pilate, don't touch this man, because this is a righteous man. And so, you can see all the way through um, Scripture here, there's this, we are, there's people entering into a realm of reality that's beyond the realm in which we live. It's to the degree that I'm, it's not just believers, right? And we see this in Scripture. There was Pharaoh that had the dream. There's Nebuchadnezzar had the dream. Pilate's wife had the dream. It's not an area that's exclusive to Christians, okay? And this is important to recognize this. Because the spiritual realm, the spiritual dimension, and I'm going to probably keep saying this this morning, that is the real, that's real. In fact, that is more real than this. Because one day this will all wrap up, and that will remain. This world will burn up one day. It will come to an end. And our physical existence will come to an end. Not necessarily then. I mean, I I don't know when that's going to happen. So, some of us are closer to that just naturally this life coming to an end. But even in that, this physical body will be no more. And the part of us, the essence of us that's real will still be, but it will be a spiritual existence in that metaphysical realm. And I think one of the issues we've got today is we're so stuck in our culture, we're so stuck in this realm that we find it very difficult to engage in that other realm, even as believers. We want to, right? We want to engage in that realm. We want to operate in spiritual truths. We want to operate in spiritual gifts. But I think it becomes more difficult the more we're tied into the physical world, the more this controls what we do and what we think. And dreams take us beyond that. Listen to this. I don't know how many have heard of Frederick Banting. Anyone? My hats would have been off to you if you had heard of him. <laughs> Actually, he was a he was a, a medical person, okay, and he was looking for a cure for diabetes because his mother had passed away from diabetes, and so he was motivated, and he was in this realm of medical research. And he actually won the Nobel Prize in medicine at just 32 years old. So he lacked the knowledge of diabetes and clinical research, um, and he was pursuing that. One night he had a dream, and in the dream, he was told to surgically litigate, tie up the pancreas of a diabetic dog in order to stop the flow of nourishment. So he had this in the dream, so he did it. And he discovered a disproportionate balance between sugar and insulin. For most of us, that's like up here, right? <laughs> but you get the essence of what's happening here, right? This dream was so real. And it was dealing with scientific functions. And in that dream, he was able to recognize what the solution was. And that breakthrough led to another dream 
for him that revealed how to develop insulin as a drug to treat the condition. Is there anybody in here that takes insulin? Okay, one person at least. That insulin was discovered in a dream, and the dream was real. What about August Kekule? <laughs> okay, this guy was a prominent German organic chemist. He dreamed of the structure of a benzene molecule, which unlike other, which unlike other known organic compounds, had a circular structure rather than a linear one. He's not making this up, right? He had a dream where he actually saw the breakdown of organic material and how it was formed at a molecular level. And when he went to research that, found that the dream was real. And that was in 1865. Albert Einstein. Now we're on more familiar territory, right? Yay! Woohoo! <laughs> As it happens, he came to the extraordinary scientific achievement discovering the principle of relativity after having a vivid dream. As a young man, he dreamed he was sliding down a steep mountainside going so fast that eventually he approached the speed of light. At this moment, the stars in his dream changed their appearance in relation to him. He awoke and meditated on this idea soon formulating what would become one of the most famous scientific theories in the history of mankind. Niels Bohr. Yeah. <laughs> the structure of the atom. The father of quantum mechanics. This guy is the father of quantum mechanics. And you guys haven't heard of him. I mean. <laughs> I'll confess, neither had I. But he had an inspirational dream that led to the discovery of the structure of the atom. So Winston Churchill, I've mentioned this one before, but um, Sir Muirland Evans was a boyhood friend of Winston Churchill. And he recalled in 1891, when he and Winston Churchill were at school with each other, they were having a discussion about their futures. And he asked Winston Churchill, will you go into the army? And he said, I don't know. It's probable, but I shall have a great adventure beginning soon after I leave here. Then he said, are you going into politics following your famous father? Winston Churchill said, I don't know, but it is more than likely because, you see, I am not afraid to speak in public. And then Samuel said, you do not seem at all clear about your intentions or desires. Winston Churchill said, that may be, but I have a wonderful idea of where I shall be eventually. I have dreams about it. Where is that? I inquired. Winston Churchill said, Well, I can see vast changes coming over a now peaceful world. Great upheavals, terrible struggles. Wars such as one cannot imagine. And I tell you, London will be in danger. London will be attacked, and I shall be very prominent in the defense of London. 
How can you talk like that, I said. We are forever safe from invasion since the days of Napoleon. I see further ahead than you do. I see into the future. This country will be subjected somehow to a tremendous invasion. By what means, I do not know. But I tell you, I shall be in command of the defenses of London, and I shall save London and England from disaster. He dreamed of this. Back in 1966, nearly 150 children and adults were killed in a coal mine, um, buried a school in South Wales. When the psychiatrist John Barker visited the town and spoke to many of the residents, he realized many of them had experienced some type of premonition about the disaster. Even some of the children who had died had mentioned dreams and premonitions of dying in the days before the landslide. Barker advertised in a London newspaper asking anyone who'd experienced a premonition before the landslide, and he received more than 60 replies, about half of which mentioned a dream of the disaster. Abraham Lincoln, about two weeks before his assassination, President Abraham Lincoln described a recent dream to his wife and a few of his friends. He dreamed of walking through the White House until he came upon his own corpse, guarded and lying in state in the East Room, exactly where his casket rested after his death. There is a portal into the spiritual dimension. And whether we are believers or not, that realm is real. And that's why we can have people that are engaged in witchcraft and, and all kinds of other things that engage in, in certain levels of power and in certain abilities, abilities to see things. Because that realm is real. And as believers, we're not the only ones that have access to that realm. But we do know the one who controls that realm, right? When we're believers. According to Psychology Today, okay, so this is a journal, an academic journal. According to Psychology Today, informal surveys put this figure at much higher. That's a third of people have dreams, like have had real dreams, like where things happened afterwards that they dreamed of. A third of people. But Psychology Today put that informal, put that figure much higher, suggesting that around half of the population has had some type of prophetic dream. Some years ago, John Hopkins University study found that pregnant women who had an intuition about the sex of their baby were correct 70% of the time. So that's women's intuition. Okay, men, take note. You're okay. If they've been right seven times okay already, you're okay on the eighth. <laughs> but women who had a dream about the sex of their baby were correct 100% of the time. A hundred percent. Women who had an intuition about the sex of their baby were right 70% of the time. 
But women who had a dream about the sex of their baby were right 100% of the time. We have access to very deep knowledge, um, and we're sleeping through it most of the time. <laughs> Dreams tell you what you really know about something. So, actually, this is the same, this is going on from the same information about the John Hopkins, about the study about pregnant women, okay? This is what they said. Dreams tell you what you really know about something, what you really feel. They point you towards your need for growth, integration, expression, and the health of your relationship to person, place, and thing. They can help you fine-tune your direction and show you your unfinished business. They're meaning machines, and they never lie. Author Tom Robbins once said that dreams don't come true, they are true. Now, if we think about this, you know, we're, we're coming at this from a different place, right? Because we're coming from this, at this from a place of knowing Jesus Christ, of being brought into this place, of being um, brought into the kingdom of God. And so when we talk about the met- metaphysical realm, we're talking about the kingdom of God. Yes, there's Satan and the fallen angels, and there's this demonic realm. But even that is limited. It's a limited realm. Okay? God, and you remember Paul, there was different levels of heaven. Okay? The angels were kicked out of heaven. Okay? We are seated in the heavenly places. Okay? So, while there are different ways to access this, as Christians, we're being brought to a higher place. We're being brought to a place where truth exists. And so, even though people may be accessing things that are true, it's not necessarily the truth. It's not necessarily tied into um, God's purposes and plans. It's not necessarily a, pl- a part of the bigger whole. And again, I'm laying a platform here, okay, because I think sometimes we've, we, we've relegate dreams to, well, that's just, uh, you just, you just had a dream. Yeah, no big deal. And from a lot of our dreams, that may be the case. But, and you, it's clear from some of these examples, and even the research that's gone on, there are prophetic dreams that are real. And I would say they are more real. When you have those dreams, they are more real than this world, because they encompass this world, but they take us beyond this world into the kingdom of God and into eternal purposes. I'm grateful to Dean this morning because Dean was telling me about a new book that's come out. Actually, it's an old book, but you couldn't get it, and it's been reprinted, and it's, um, now I've got to look it up, In Light of Eternity. It's called In Light of Eternity, and it's the autobiography of, golly, say that again. Thank you. I can't believe I forgot this guy's name. <laughs> Leonard Ravenhill, In Light of Eternity. In, I-N, in. 
in light of eternity. I'm having to translate my English this morning. Can I get a translator up here to work alongside me? <laughs> Boy, I'm working hard this morning. <laughs> Isn't it good to have a laugh in church? In light of eternity, Leonard Ravenhill, and that was something, that, the reason that the, his book is entitled In Light of Eternity is because that's the way he lived. That was his consuming passion, to, to live our life, not in the light of this world, but in the light of eternity. And dreams are a portal into um, accessing that. The spiritual dimension is more real than this life. This will pass away. That is eternal. As human beings, we were created to know that dimension. We were created to know God. And knowing God means that we know in that realm in which He lives and moves and has His being. We were created as tripart human beings, spirit, soul, and body. Our body will die, will pass away. But our spirit lives forever. And so we can engage right now in that realm in which we will one day be more fully known and more, and more fully know. And so in a sense... When we have these dreams, and again, I'm, I'm talking about dreams particularly this morning, but this is applicable to the other gifts of the Spirit, the other ways that God communicates to us, a word of knowledge, the prophetic. You know, there's, there's much more to this. Um, but dreams are, have, a, have an unusual, um, have a particular purpose, I think. We were created to interact with God and to know Him in that realm. Just look, we've been going through Ephesians, and I'm just going to read, surprise, surprise. I'm <laughs> <laughs> you guys, it, you know, I sh if I get through any, any kind of message without reference in Ephesians, you'll know something's wrong. Ephesians 1 verse 3, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ. Right at the beginning of Ephesians, Paul takes us out of this realm and says, while we live in this realm, really, it's the heavenly places where you are. Ephesians 2 and verse 6, not only that, He has raised us up together and made us sit together in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. So engaging in these activities is part of, of being seated in that place with Christ in the heavenly realms. Which again, I mean, think about Paul. He's in prison writing this. Okay, and he says he's a prisoner of the Lord. We've gone through this time and again, but he's saying he's a prisoner of the Lord. He sat in prison, a prisoner of the Romans, but he's saying, I'm a prisoner of the Lord. Why? Because he's seated in the heavenly places with Christ. He's writing from prison, but his position is not prison. He's saying, uh-uh, I'm not a prisoner of the Romans. I'm a prisoner of the Lord. I'm seated with Him in the heavenly realms. And physically, this may be the position I'm in, 
But spiritually, this is my real position. Ephesians 3.10. So you can see this is all the way through Ephesians. To the intent that now the manifold wisdom of God might be made known by the church to the principalities and powers in the heavenly places. The manifold wisdom of God. Can you imagine that? What that means? The manifold wisdom of God. All the many aspects of God's wisdom. We're talking about God who created the universe out of nothing. In all of his wisdom, that manifold wisdom of God is able to be made known by the church to the principalities and powers in the heavenly realms. And then even coming to the end of Ephesians, Paul is not letting up. Ephesians 6.12 For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. There is so much more to this life. There's so much more to being a believer, to being a Christian, than saying or copying a prayer or making a one-time decision. Those are entry points. That is the entry into this realm of living and existing. And it means that now we can engage in the supernatural realm. Now, there are limitations to dreams. I think it's really interesting, actually. Um, well, well, we'll come to that. I'm getting ahead of myself. There are limitations to dreams, and we need to be careful um, as we kind of dive into dreams. And uh, you know, Derek's particular, and again, I'm trying to follow the leading of the Spirit here. I really felt Derek was stepping into something and releasing something on Friday night. And so this is kind of creating a, if you like, um, you know, before you dive into the water, a lot of the times you, you jump off the diving board. So I see this as kind of the diving board. This is the platform to leap into this. And for many people, I think, maybe even here this morning, there's people where it's necessary to do this, to open our eyes to this realm as a starting place. So in Deuteronomy chapter 13, and again, this is really speaking to the fact that this realm is, is, is open to everyone. Here God is speaking to the, the children of Israel. If there arises among you a prophet or a dreamer of dreams... And he gives you a sign or a wonder, and the sign or the wonder comes to pass. Okay, so you've got this. He's saying if there's any among you that's prophetic, that has a dream, and those things come to pass. You, so you get it, right? He's saying if, you, if this is somebody there in your midst that, that has this ability, and it comes to pass... of which he spoke to you, saying, let us go after other gods which you have not known, and let us serve them. Okay, are you tracking with me here? So this prophetic person in the midst of the children of Israel, God is saying if they have a prophetic utterance or a dream, 
and it comes to pass. So most times if it comes to pass, we're like, okay, yeah, right? That must be God. And they then tell you to turn away from God to other gods. So you shall, you shall not listen to the words of that prophet or that dreamer of dreams. For the Lord your God is testing you to know whether you love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul. So there's a caveat here with dreams, right? And there's a caveat here with prophetic words that come true. Again, this is one of the reasons we have the Word of God, because it's going to keep us in a place of truth. It's going to keep us from wandering outside. Because how many can perceive this situation, how easy it would be to follow somebody that had a prophetic word that came true, that had a dream that came true? And again, we need to be aware that realm is open to everyone. And it's a realm in which you can access information. Be careful. Numbers chapter 12, verse 6. We got everything this morning. <laughs> Numbers chapter 12, verse 6. And this is, this is God. I'm going to read the verse before, actually, verse 5. Then the Lord came down in the pillar of cloud and stood at the door of the tabernacle and called Aaron and Miriam, and they both went forward. Then he said, Hear now my words. If there is a prophet among you, I, the Lord, make myself known to him in a vision. I speak to him in a dream. Not so with my servant Moses. He is faithful in all my house. I speak with him face to face, even plainly and not in dark sayings, as he sees the form of the Lord. So I'm sharing that one to say there are different levels of communication in the spiritual realm. Okay, and so while we're looking at dreams and there's a reality to dreams, I do want to say dreams are kind of a lower level communication. You can see that from what we just read there. Because God is saying there's actually a higher level where God speaks to us face to face, where He reveals things to us personally. Okay, and dreams were unconscious. There's not much we can do, right? I mean, yes, some of those dreams can be affected by what we've seen, what we do, who we talk to, who are, you know, there's all kinds of outside influences that can affect our dream um, world. And there's a difference between a dream and a vision, okay? A vision is when somebody is fully awake and sees into the spiritual realm. Okay, and we've, I'm sure that we've got people in here that have had visions. Dreams are when we're, we're unconscious and our spirits are engaging consciously. So I'm going to look briefly at Joseph, okay? 
Joseph um, is probably the most famous dreamer in Scripture. I want to turn to Psalm 105. Psalm 105, verse 19. So this is in the, the, the psalmist is talking about Joseph here. Um, I'll start at verse 16, and I'll read through verse 19. Moreover, he called for a famine in the land. He destroyed all the provision of bread. He sent a man before them, Joseph, who was sold as a slave. They hurt his feet with fetters. He was laid in irons until the time that his word came to pass. You notice that his is a small h there in your Bibles? Okay, that's Moses. That's, sorry, that's Joseph. That's Joseph's word. Until the time that Joseph's word came to pass, the word of the Lord tested him. Okay, so I, my question is, what was the word of the Lord that was given to Joseph that tested him? I find it really interesting. Read through the life of Joseph and see if you can tell me where God spoke directly to Joseph. I mean, where words were actually spoken, where God appeared like he did with Moses, for example. I don't, there's nothing there to indicate that. The only time we have any communication from God to Joseph is through his dream. We don't have one instance of God speaking to Joseph other than dreams. And what this verse in Psalms is saying is that dream was so real that the, all of Joseph's life was spent testing the reality of that word. And so Joseph resisted Potiphar's wife on the basis of that dream and the reality of that dream, that one day God would fulfill that dream in his life. He maintained his integrity in prison on the basis that God was going to fulfill that dream, that that dream was real. Thirty years later, Joseph is still holding on to the reality of the dream above his circumstances. It's like he's another Paul, right? He's in prison, and he's like, no, this is not real. That dream was real. The dream was the focal point of his life. It was that real. It became the focal point of his life. Derek's often called me a reformer. And I think one of the reasons that I have this particular area of reform that Derek's referring to is because I woke up one day in Pensacola about, I don't know, 15 years ago probably, and as I woke up, I had been declaring, unless the Lord builds the house, they labor in vain. And I woke up. I didn't wake up and then start saying that. I had been saying that, and I woke up during saying that, and I continue, I've been saying it over and over. And it was so real. And I think even as, uh, even being in leadership in church, that is still something that is guiding me and, and leading me through processes. Unless the Lord builds the house, they labor in vain. 
How do we know this dream was more than just an ordinary dream? Joseph shared the dream. He shared it with his parents and he shared it with his brother because it had meaning. If it had no meaning for Joseph, there was no point in sharing it with his parents and his brothers. In fact, telling the dream is enlivening the dream. It is faith engaging with the reality of what we've seen in the spiritual dimension. And again, there are dreams that are not reality, okay? There are dreams that are flesh. Just like as we walk through this life and we get words, right? We've got to process that. Does it line up with what God is saying? Is the Holy Spirit breathing on it? It's the same with Nebuchadnezzar and Pharaoh's dreams, okay? Those dreams so disturbed Pharaoh and Nebuchadnezzar that they would not rest until somebody could tell them what it meant. You can see these dreams are real, right? Everything else became unimportant to Nebuchadnezzar and Pharaoh at that point until somebody could tell them, what does this mean? It has a meaning. There is purpose in this dream. And they're sharing it because there's something so real about the dream. Does anyone know who Jojo Billingsley is? You have to be of a certain age, I guess, to know this one. She was actually a backup singer for Leonard Skinner. In October, on October the 20th, so a couple of days before October the 20th, she had a dream. And she dreamed that the plane that they were getting on in two days was going to crash. And she woke up um, frantic, scared, um, crying. Her, she was at home with her mother at that point, And her mother said, oh, it's, it's okay. It's just a dream. It's okay. She said, you don't understand. It was so real. And she refused to get on the plane. She went to the airport. She refused to get on the plane. And she told the rest of the band, don't get on the plane. It is going to crash. That plane crashed. Killed several members of the band. According to Billingsley, this experience led to her becoming a born-again Christian. And if you look at the last album, she died in 2010, but the last album that she made was called I Will Obey. <laughs> Amen. Dreams are prophetic in nature. And it seems to me as I look through these dreams that the thing they have in common are that they are God's way of preparing us for what is coming. In fact, um, in Job, 
Job 33. This is Elihu. So Job has uh, three friends that try to counsel him and give him, um, they're not giving him good counsel. In fact, God um, declares a, a judgment on them at the end of Job. Belihu comes along. And I think oftentimes people just say, you know, all of Job's friends were, um, there's a saying, isn't there, that we have, Job, uh, Job's comforters. You're a Job's comforter. In other words, you're no comfort. <laughs> well, Elihu was, and Elihu was younger, but he waited until these other three had said their, their piece. And then he spoke, and when you look at what he's saying, actually God comes in on Elihu, on, while Elihu's speaking. Elihu starts speaking, and he ends up in this place where he starts to de- describe the thunderings and lightnings, and actually God comes in on a storm at that point. And so God, I think, is, is Elihu is in tune with, with God and where God is at. And so this is what Elihu says in Job 33, verse, verse, um, yeah, 33, verses 14 to 18. For God may speak in one way or another, yet man does not perceive it. In a dream, in a vision of the night, when deep sleep falls upon men while slumbering on their beds, then he opens the ears of men and seals their instruction. In order to turn man from his deed and conceal pride from man, he keeps back his soul from the pit and his life from perishing by the sword. God uses dreams. He speaks while we're slumbering, while we're in deep sleep, and he opens up our ears to things that perhaps we couldn't hear any other way. I don't know um, how many, even if there's uh, anyone that's had a dream this week that's been one of those dreams, I've I don't think I've really had too many. The last one I remember was one I shared here about President Trump and before the election. And we ended up praying into that. And uh, I don't really, I'm, I'm not a dreamer like Jeremiah Johnson. I don't know, I, I really don't know who is. <laughs> but I do know when the dream is real and when the dream is not. And it then becomes about, okay, what are you saying, God? What are you trying to get our attention? What are you, what's coming that you're sharing with us? And so, I don't know if anyone's had a dream this week. Um, anyone had one of those dreams? Yeah, Lisa, you want to share it? <laughs> um, Derek said that has anyone been attacked in their dreams lately? And um, we shared about this on, actually shared it at home group, but um, about a week ago, I had a dream, um, and I was going through this house, and there were things about the house and um, that the Lord was speaking to me about, and then um, there was this invisible force that came and put its hands around my throat and threw me up against a wall and was choking me out. Yeah, and it felt real. And I couldn't, I spoke up to say in Jesus' name <laughs> to try and rebuke. And I, I couldn't hardly speak, you know, because of what was happening to me. And I remember thinking, if I just find Tom, 
he'll pray for me and this thing will leave. And I actually was moving from room to room to room in the, in the house in the dream searching for my husband. And I found him and he, he got the, the thing left. And then I was there on the floor just recovering from that. And then a friend came in and said, pray, pray now, pray now. And there was something very specific they told me to pray about. And I was having trouble praying about it. I woke up and I texted my friend. And my friend Jody prayed for me. And she and her mom have been standing with me and praying what, the God, what God told us to pray about. And, of course, I had my husband pray for me, too. And that attack has just been, I feel like um, it was pushing and pushing. But instead of it pushing back against me, like I felt like the, my husband and my friends and even Derek on home group on Wednesday praying for me. I felt like we were um, felling blows upon the enemy, and it was like coming off of me and breaking off of me. So there was some prayer strategy that was downloaded to us in that dream, and really just the Lord. I don't know if any of you have, have got children that dream. Yeah, Jody. Again, you, you have to... Even as parents, you've got to be aware of this dimension. I mean, there's a there's a level of discernment that needs to go on as far as you know the the dream and and again, the the reality is this is this a prophetic dream, or is this just you know a fleshly dream? I would say. Um, but I think our children are in many ways are more open. To, to those things. And I, th- you know, just coming, kind of coming back to even where Derek was going at the beginning of the service, like um, Joel too, and this outpouring of the Holy Spirit. I mean, it's, it's one of the signs when the Spirit is moving and pour, being poured out, it's an indication because Young men will see visions, and old men will dream dreams. In other words, there is an increase in that level of revelation. There's an increase in, the, in, the, in God speaking to us in supernatural ways. And so I think, honestly, that, again, this is preparation, I really feel. I feel like this is preparation. Because as we move, we should start to see this. And I just, I don't know if, I don't know how many are here this morning that have, um, what is your relationship with the Lord like? Where are you at in your relationship with the Lord? It cannot be about just getting your sins forgiven. And I'm not denigrating that at all. That absolutely is, is necessary. Every single one of us needs to be washed clean. But the whole point in washing us clean is that we're then fit for service. We're then able to operate in the kingdom of God. 
And so I'm, I'm praying that this morning this is stirring you. And this is opening up a window in the spiritual realm to your spirit. In fact, Father, I pray that you would open the eyes of our understanding, that you would enlighten us. Lord, that you take off the things that limit us and hold us back, even as Jody was praying on Friday night, that you would bring down the walls, Lord. Tear down the walls that restrict and restrain us. Tear down the walls that we've built up to where we only operate in this life, where we're only concerned about the things of this life. Help us to push through, Father, to the place where we're starting to see what you see and hear what you say, where we're seeing visions and dreams, where we're operating in the prophetic, where there's the ministry of gifts of healing. Jesus. Father, I thank you. I just feel like from, from the minute we, we stepped into our worship this morning, that you've been opening that window. Father, help us. Help us to step through, Lord. If there's any that are deliberating this morning, Father, I pray you'd encourage them. Draw them, Father, with your love and your faithfulness. Draw them, Lord. Father, help us, Lord, if, help us if we've had dreams, Lord, that were real dreams and we, we just kind of put them to one side because we didn't understand them or didn't know what you were saying, Lord, help us. Help us to know what you were saying. Give us understanding, Lord. Jesus. Thank you so much for listening. We hope that this message has been a blessing to you. Our sermons can be found on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and SoundCloud. To contact us or find other resources, go to www.hotfmwinterhaven.com.